everybody, and welcome to the Heartland Franchise Guide, your insider's guide to franchises in the Heartland area. I'm Blake Martin, local small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guide. This is the place for education, advocacy, and resources for our local franchising field and for local entrepreneurs looking to learn more about the franchising field. To introduce today's guest, I'd like to start was something we all said when we were growing up. And what we said was, well, when I grow up, I want to be, and you insert whatever that profession was, right? Well, most of us, including myself, cannot say that we ended up doing any of those particular things that we wanted to be when we grow up. But this guy probably can. Sean Williams, owner of an ice cream business, amongst other businesses, that might have been something that we said, hey, when I grow up, I want to own an ice cream shop. Welcome, Sean Williams. Thanks for having me, Blake. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Appreciate you being here. So you've owned three different local franchises businesses over the last 15 or so years, right? Correct. There's a common theme or a common thread I see amongst those, which have to do with fun and entertainment for family. Correct. Right? So we've got Bounce You Inflatables, we've got Cold Stone Creamery, and then we've got Mountain, uh, Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory. Correct. Which is the new one that we're going to talk a little bit about. So is there something in particular about family fun and entertainment that really gets you going? Is there something in there that has driven you or motivated you to start these businesses? Um, that's a good question, but you know, one of my criteria when I was looking at businesses was something that, uh, I would be proud to be associated with that my kids can be proud to tell their friends that they are associated with something that is, uh, morally and ethically, you know, along uh, in alignment with my beliefs, you know, I was yeah. never going to open a vape shop or, uh, it, although I'm sure those are fine franchises if they are i don't know but that's just not me kind of thing so anything that i'm going to be associated with is going to be sort of fun wholesome pg rated kind of stuff yeah Yeah. well you certainly nailed it with that (laughs) (laughs) with all three of them right (laughs) so i'm interested to hear a little bit about um, your background in franchise business ownership can you share a little bit about your professional background that led up to all of this? Uh, I would be happy to. Um, I tell people I am a recovering accountant because <laughs> I I am actually a CPA from a million years back. Uh, I have an accounting degree from Creighton, and I did my stint in public accounting straight out of college. Uh, from there, I went and worked for Union Pacific, who was my largest client at the time. And uh, I did stints in corporate accounting at uh, UP and at TD Ameritrade. And so that was, uh, you know, a 10 to 12 year journey through my 20s mm-hmm. and my early 30s. And somewhere along that way, um, as I sat in like a three hour quarterly budget meeting that was going on and on, I'm just thinking, I'm not going to do this the rest of my life kind of thing. (laughs) So I want to, I want to own my own business. I had that dream, that vision. I just didn't know what that was. Um, I didn't have an idea for a new mousetrap, uh, kind of thing. So, you know, in my mind, uh, a franchise was the way to go fact that there is a proven business model, but, uh, I'm still the owner. So, 
Um, it just came down to, you know, I would come home and complain to my wife about things. And finally she gave me a kick in the rear and said, well, do something about it. So, so I did. So I actually, it was before I met you, Blake, but I uh-huh. used a franchise consultant, Good for you. um, went through their whole process where they got to know Sean, what kind of capital I had to invest, what I liked, what I didn't like. Um, so I went through that whole process and they presented five different franchise concepts to me, which I then, uh, you know, investigated in detail those five and crossed them off for one reason or another. And Bounce You was uh, one of those five. So I left, a, I had a great gig at TD Ameritrade. You know, I told my parents that I'm leaving to go open a, a bounce house place. And they're like, what? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know that, sort of that older generation has that belief that you get a job and you just stay in that job sure. forever and whatever. And why would you leave that voluntarily? Well, uh, because I really want to control my own destiny is basically what it came down to. So I left uh, TD Ameritrade, uh, opened Bounce U. It was a 10-year franchise agreement. I owned and operated it for nine. Uh-huh. So when it was coming up for time of renewal, I had to decide uh, if I wanted to renew. And, and, and I was basically ready to climb a new mountain. So I, I sold it. We had moved locations one time. And when... Uh, Honestly, I made a mistake on the original location. It was a bad location. You hear that all the time, location, location, location. Right. yeah. So we moved, and our sales went up over 60% when we moved to our new wow. location. So, And we survived the, uh, what do they call it? The It wasn't the Depression, the Great, Great recession. recession or whatever of 2008, 2009. We, we, we made it through there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Bounce U was doing very well. So I, I had a good asset there. So I sold it. Uh, and I had not a plan. I didn't know where I didn't didn't know where I was going from there. My wife will remind me that uh, I had no income for probably six months after that because I spent six months looking at um, probably fifty different small businesses that no were no kidding va- fifty yeah. five zero. I, I bet five zero. Wow. Yeah, and I'm thankful I have an accounting background because once I saw the financials, I could really tell. Yeah, uh, I wasn't looking for a turnaround. You know, I mentioned criteria before. Another criteria is profitable. If I'm going to be in That's an important one. It's good, yes. <laughs> but some some businesses will try to sort of shine themselves up and, you know, give you one reason or another why they haven't performed well. I, I wasn't sort of buying that. So long story short, after I did six months worth of due diligence and looked everywhere, uh, the Cold Stone Creamery opportunity came across my plate and uh, and I jumped on it. So that's been uh, going on five years now. And certainly a second place that your kids would enjoy and is part of wholesome family fun. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. So let me connect a couple of dots. So you you partially answered a question that I wanted to pose to you. I'm going to connect with a couple of dots and see if I got this right. I was going to ask you, so with your background, MBA, CPA, senior financial strategist for a Fortune 500, et cetera, et cetera. Certainly, you had the kind of skill set to just go out and hang your own shingle, start your own thing from scratch. If I heard you correctly, you were talking about why you even started looking at franchise businesses was more about the mousetrap was already built? Exactly. Okay, gotcha. Right. Right. Yet those skill sets certainly have been brought to bear for you uh, in the operating of your various businesses. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm a huge fan. Uh, franchise 
proponent in in the fact that I sort of you got to know what you don't know. Like for example, I know I'm not a technology guy. That's not my technology is not my thing. Well, Coldstone has a very robust technology department. All of our POS systems are state of the art. You know, we can uh-huh. order online. We can mobile ordering all that stuff that's not me doing that there's a there's a it support behind that at the national at the national level which my royalties are paying for but Mm -hmm. um that's to me the benefit of a franchise is that you have subject matter experts whether it's it or we have a a great marketing department at cold stone so we have these you know, we have new fall ice cream flavors that came out right now. And the whole marketing campaign built around it was done by the franchisor at the national level. I don't have to be a marketing expert to come up with that. We have those people. We're all sort of on the same team. So to me, a franchise is all of that sort of behind the scenes uh, team that you have, you know, working for you. Right, right. And then your role is really implementing those marketing programs Correct. and localizing them. Correct. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. So tell me a little bit about the most recent venture. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Well, it's called Tropical Smoothie Cafe. It's a new business that I'm bringing to Omaha, but I'll back you up a little bit. When I bought the Coldstone Creameries, I bought three existing stores, and they were all Dodge Street North, which basically appealed to me because I'm all about growth, and I'm thinking, well, that's half of Omaha that is available. Everything south of Dodge Street was available to grow and scale the business, mm-hmm. which we have done. So we built a new store in La Vista by Cabela's. Uh, we built a new store in Exarbon. Um, and then we remodeled our Village Point store. So so I sort of got to this point of I've got five stores geographically spread all over Omaha. And I feel like if I'm going to continue to grow, I'm almost going to cannibalize myself. Okay. Plus, I was looking for a little diversity, get, up, get all my eggs out of one basket. So I started... Uh, looking around at different, I like the sort of quick, quick restaurant niche that I'm in. Um, started looking around, followed my kids' guidelines. We've been to a million soccer tournaments where we go to this tropical smoothie cafes, all Kansas City, uh, you name it. They're they're great. Whole soccer team loves it. It's <laughs> quality. Um, it's actually a cafe, is what a tropical smoothie cafe. So uh, we serve healthy food. There's no French fries in there. We don't have a grill, any of that. We do wraps, uh, salads, um, quesadilla kind of thing. Um, and that's really 30, 35%, roughly a third of the business is food outside of the uh, smoothies. Interesting. So, so that's, that's what appealed to me. So I reached out to them and uh, signed a deal to uh, you know, bring it to Omaha, and we are in construction right now of our first location. Congratulations on Thank that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so can you reveal anything about the first location or timeline uh, to open the air? <laughs> well, the location is, uh, if, you're, if you're a golfer, it's right at the entrance to Tiburon Golf Course on 168th and uh, Cornhusker. Brand new, uh, well, a couple-year-old strip mall there. we got to drive through on the end cap. So 168th and Cornhusker is the location. Now, the timing uh, is... A challenge, you know, you hear about all these uh, supply chain problems. We're, yes. we're running into that. So we have had a couple of delays. Uh, delay I found out about this morning. We can't get the foam 
foam that's on the on the podcast they can't see me holding my hands up but <laughs> he's holding like, his hands about a foot apart <laughs> right so there's a foot wide uh, foam that goes in the wall of our walk-in coolers the the okay. insulating foam there's a, the factories of that are shut down and there's a backlog so normally when we would have got our cooler in like two weeks now they're telling us 16 weeks to get our cooler wow. so the covid supply chain thing is real in uh, the weirdest things like that. Absolutely. Like you can't get foam. Who, who would have thought? Yeah. Kind of. So, so uh, we were hoping for October back when this process started, we're not going to hit October. Okay. But we're, we're trying our best. Just the reality. <laughs> yeah. Right. How, how do you work through that stress and those frustrations? You know, there are things that you just can't control in any small business franchise or not. doesn't matter what kind of small business. Right. How do you work through that? Um, that's a good question. Lose a little sleep, <laughs> but you know, uh, flexibility, you just have to be flexible. That I, that's one key, uh, personality trait that I think any small business owner or franchise owner has to have is, is flexibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You had said earlier that you survived the great recession uh-huh. when you were running a, a people intensive business, right? So there was obviously some flexibility there. What other lessons did you learn from that that might serve people well who are going through another economic upheaval right now, depending upon their business? It really goes back to uh, flexibility. So back in that time, our deal was a, uh, our our core product was a $400 birthday party and, and we sold them all the time. But mm-hmm. when the great recession hit, Basically, everybody shut their wallets, right? People were losing their jobs. Yeah. Uh, cash flow clammed up. And when you're scared and all that nervousness is out there, an easy thing to get rid of is a $400 birthday party. So our bookings just went down, down, down. And we in the franchise community, and that's really all we had. We had one product, like the original Henry Ford, right? right. You want it black or you want it black? <laughs> right. uh, you want a $400 party? There's a Model party? T or there's a Model T. Right, Exactly. <laughs> So we were, the franchisee community were pushing back against franchisors saying we have to have cheaper, smaller, you know, those were for 25 kids. Uh, Mm -hmm. Let's do one for 10 kids or whatever for half the price for $150 or $200. Let's be flexible. Let's adapt. Let's do anything we can to survive. So, and there was some pushback, but we eventually got it done and, and we did, we did survive, but it was ugly for a couple of years. I bet it was. Yeah. Yeah. You highlighted something there that we probably don't talk about enough. And being a franchise owner myself, a great franchise system, a great franchisor, I've always believed, is one that who is confident in their business model and in their brand, but is willing to listen to the people in the trenches. We can agree to disagree, but willing to listen to and willing to take feedback from the local franchise owners that are out there living it. Any thoughts on that? Uh, you nailed it. Absolutely. It's a, it's kind of a two way street. I mean, it's, it's easy for the franchisor to sit in their office and think that they know everything, but the franchisee <laughs> is the guy who's actually on the street, looking the customer face to face and in the trenches. So it, that communication really has to be a, a two way street. Yeah. And, and if I'm being honest, Sean, yeah. I was that franchisor right before as a franchisee <laughs> sitting in the comfortable office. And you do have to be intentional yeah. about, as a, I think, as a franchisor, if you're running that 
if you're in charge of the brand on a national yeah. or international Well, level. we had a, a great example in the Cold Stone world. So, uh, you know, when Instagram and Snapchat and everything is coming, people like to take pictures of their food and then post it on all these various social medias. So the guys at uh, Cold Stone Corporate... Uh, in Arizona, they have a test kitchen there where they can come up with all, they uh-huh. come up with this, they were going to call it a monster shake, you know, like a foot tall shake. And it was going to have maybe a donut sticking out of the side of it and all this kinds of, which is great to like take a picture. But when you got a 17 year old kid trying to make that, it <laughs> never looks like it does in the test kitchen. And when there's 20 people in line behind him in the store staring at him and he's trying to do all that it just didn't work operationally right the way they so they presented that to us i'm on a council of franchisees in mm-hmm. the cold stone world they presented that to us and, and there are five of us and we unanimously said no way that mm-hmm. is a disaster at the operational store yeah. level and they listened and it never and it never went anywhere. So philosophically, from a marketing perspective, it made all the sense in the world. <laughs> yeah. Try to actually implement it, exactly. and it just becomes it, it, a nightmare. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 How about employees? I mean, uh, I've never seen this challenge. challenge right now. Right now, I don't. I can't explain it, but it is it is very hard to yeah. get people and to keep people because they know that everybody in town. Uh, is hiring. And so if they, if you ask them to work on Friday night and they don't want to, they'll just quit and they'll go somewhere else. It, I've never seen anything like this. It's crazy right now, <laughs> but we're trying. Okay. So tell us what the solution is so that we can form their, <laughs> I guess it's flexibility and patience, right? Well, I think it's building a culture within your business. Uh, you know, I talk about teamwork all the time. If if they if you built that team and that, you know, we got 20 employees in our store, two full-time and 18 part-time uh, young people. But if it's a, a team environment there and they, they kind of want to come to work, uh, in our world, if they're hustling and smiling and interacting with the customers, they're making good tips. Mm-hmm. So uh, if, if that environment is there they'll stay. But if it's a grind and you're just a taskmaster kind of thing, right? it's a revolving door, you know, and then high turnover is bad for business all the way around. Right. Obviously. Yeah. Right. So the, the natural cheerleader and coach has to come out in you more right. than the CPA in you. Absolutely. <laughs> right. <laughs> you like how I brought that one home. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good advice. Sir. I appreciate you sharing yeah. that. Sure. So, and it's a good segue to the last question I wanted to ask you. So, even if this is going to embarrass you, you have had a lot of success with multiple brands in multiple locations, multi-units, as you'll hear people talk about in franchising. So, my question to you is, any advice to folks, whether they already own businesses or looking to start businesses, and they have aspirations to be multi-location, multi-unit franchise owners? Any candid advice you'd be willing to share, the kind of advice that you're not necessarily going to read in a blog or in a book about how to experience success or how to prepare yourself for success as a multi-location owner? I, well, I think there's no uh, overnight success. And I think it's sort of the slow and steady uh, kind of thing. And and the reason I say that in both Cold Stone and Tropical Smoothie Cafe, and really most franchisors that I'm aware of, they're going to want you to sign a multi-unit 
development agreement, whether mm-hmm. it's three stores, five stores. And for some people, that's fine. For me, that is that is not me. I, I plan to build uh, – Omaha can handle eight tropical smoothie cafes. So hopefully mm-hmm. eight years from now, if I'm back on your show, we're talking about the eighth store that we just opened. But I want to do it at my pace. I want to do it as the cash flow dictates. You never know what's going to happen in the world or your personality or whatever. So if I was locked into contractually obligated to build them, yeah. you're sort of maybe making bad financial decisions uh, or whatever. So so. For me, I'm going to do them one at a time at, at my own pace instead of this big um, multi-unit where I'm contractually obligated, right. if that makes sense. Yeah, so at, at, at a pace that you're comfortable with, not getting out Correct. over your own skis. Correct. Yeah. Well, that is a great way to wrap up this episode. <laughs> I, I, talking about the growth and, and staying within your own comfort zone. So, Sean, I really appreciate you being here today. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing candidly with our listeners about some of your secrets to success and your experiences. Thanks for having me, Blake. Absolutely. Sean Williams, owner of multiple brands over the years <laughs> and multiple locations of Cold Stone Creamery. Uh, we appreciate all of you listening today. We appreciate Sean Williams being here with us. And that is a wrap for the Heartland Franchise Guy. We hope to see you on another episode very soon. A Huda Media Production.